RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The housing department comes under fire over the death yesterday of a woman killed by a falling tree branch. The government deploys a special team to Chengchao to try to contain an outbreak of dengue fever. And prosecutors amend the charges against a teenager who's believed to have murdered his girlfriend in Taiwan. An environmentalist is blaming housing department contractors for yesterday's fatal accident when a tree branch fell onto a woman. Ken So, the director of the Conservancy Association, an environmental NGO, says if proper inspections were carried out, there's no way a fungus infection could have been missed in such a big branch. Mr So inspected the tree and said the infection had probably been there for the past four to six months. The last time the tree was inspected was in June. It seems that, yes, the, the inspection quality is with problem, or it would be hard to explain why such large uh, dead branches cannot be spotted. So that's quite, quite a series of problems that have to be investigated. A special team of government officers is on Chengchao conducting mosquito control measures to try to contain a dengue fever outbreak on the island. About 50 officers from the civil aid service as well as district councillors, rural committee members and district office staff are there. A third case of the mosquito-borne disease has been found on Chengchao, bringing the total number of infections in Hong Kong to 18. Prosecutors have amended the charges against a Hong Kong teenager believed to have murdered his girlfriend in Taiwan but he's yet to be charged over the victim's death. Francis Sit has details. Chen Tongkai was originally charged with one count of handling stolen goods and three counts of theft for allegedly stealing from his pregnant girlfriend. The prosecutors amended the charges to four counts of money laundering and added three alternative charges of theft. The 19-year-old is alleged to have stolen around $20,000 from Poon Hiu Wing as well as her phone and camera after they visited Taipei in February. He came back to Hong Kong alone and her body was later found in New Taipei City. The defendant didn't apply for bail and the case will return to Eastern Court on September. The 10th. No mention was made if prosecutors were considering a murder charge. The case has been complicated by the lack of an extradition arrangement between the SAR and Taiwan. Ousted lawmaker Leung Kwa Kung has suffered another setback in his bid to summon a mainland legal expert to help him fight his appeal against his disqualification. Here's Priscilla Ng. The Court of Appeal rejected Leung Kwa Kung's application, saying his lawyers failed to show how its decision in June was a mistake. Back then, the court said Mr. Leung should have submitted the expert report during the Court of First Instance hearing, which disqualified him last year. It also said the report wouldn't help his appeal case, which will be heard in November this year. The League of Social Democrats activists then tried to challenge that decision in the city's top court, but was rejected today and ordered to pay around $34,000 in legal costs. Mr. Leung was hoping the Court of Final Appeal would allow him to summon Zhang Tianfan, a Peking University law professor to his appeal hearing after he was disqualified following an interpretation by the NPC Standing Committee that stated lawmakers must take their oaths of office accurately and solemnly. A jury of five men and four women has been selected for the case of a Chinese university professor who's charged with murdering his wife and daughter, Ko Kim Sun, who's teachers at the Department of Anesthesia and Intensive Care, pleaded not guilty at the High Court this morning to killing his 47-year-old wife and 16-year-old daughter. They were found unconscious in a car in Ma Onshan in May 2015. A post-mortem revealed they died from carbon monoxide poisoning. The judge says the trial is expected to last 20 days. 
Four professional groups have called on the government to think about how, how to make Hong Kong more livable as it tackles a housing shortage. The territory needs at least 1,200 hectares of land over the next 30 years, and the public is being consulted on how to do this. The Institutes of Architects, I'm sorry, the Institutes of Architects, Landscape Architects, Planners and Surveyors say Hong Kong must boost the supply of land that's ready for development and create a land bank. But the president of the Institute of Architects, Marvin Chen, also says officials should study how to increase living space to improve people's quality of life. When we're talking about the land supply issues, it seems that people are more focused on the quantity aspects. So that's why we think um, it's important to also to stress on the quality aspects to strike a balance. And that is for the long-term interest of Hong Kong. People with high tech talent, I'm sorry, people with high tech talent will be given a monthly allowance of 32, up to $32,000 under a new, for up to two years under a new government scheme aimed at boosting the tech sector. Under the pro- people under the postdoctoral hub program must have a doctoral degree in a related discipline from either a local university or a recognised non-local institution. The scheme will run on a pilot basis for five years. Eligible companies can re- recruit up to two such people for research and development work. Developments in two separate court cases in the United States involving figures previously close to President Trump have cast a shadow over his presidency. In New York, his former lawyer Michael Cohen has pleaded guilty to tax and bank fraud and campaign finance violations relating to paying off a porn actress, Stormy Daniels, who alleged she had an affair with Mr. Trump. In the second court case... In Virginia, unrelated to the election campaign, the jury found President Trump's former campaign director, uh, manager, I'm sorry, Paul Manafort, guilty of eight out of 18 charges he faces relating to tax and bank fraud. Here's the BBC's John Sopel. Within two minutes of each other, a federal courtroom in New York and another in Alexandria in North Virginia delivered bombshell news. And this all happened as Donald Trump was taking off to fly to West Virginia. When he landed, the president said he felt sad for Paul Manafort. About Michael Cohen, he said nothing. Paul Manafort's crimes predate his association with Donald Trump and so are much easier to deal with. But the guilty plea of Michael Cohen is altogether more toxic. In saying he broke campaign law in coordination with and at the direction of a candidate for federal office, he's saying in no uncertain terms that Donald Trump was a co-conspirator. President Trump has joined supporters in West Virginia, one of America's top coal-producing regions, to celebrate his government's decision to lift restrictions on carbon emissions from coal-fired power stations. Every day we're keeping our promises. We're cancelling Obama's illegal anti-coal-destroying regulations. The so-called Clean Power Plan. That was going to cost us hundreds of billions of dollars. Because you know what? We all agree. We want a clean environment. We want a strong, beautiful, clean environment. I want clean air. We've got the cleanest country in the planet right now. Environmentalists have warned that the Trump administration's reversal of climate change measures will have environmental and health consequences. The Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull has rejected the resignations of seven cabinet members who backed a rival for the leadership of his Liberal Party. Yesterday, the former Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton failed in his bid to oust Mr Turnbull. But the narrow margin of the Prime Minister's victory has raised doubts about whether he can remain in office for long. 
Muslims in Australia celebrating Eid al-Adha festival have offered prayers for rain in solidarity with droughted farmers. Mosques in New South Wales, Queensland and Victoria took part in the mass event as the worst dry spell in living memory continues in eastern Australia. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Special rain prayers have been held in Australia during the annual Feast of Sacrifice celebration. In Sydney, more than 30,000 Muslims crowded around one of the country's biggest mosques in the suburb of Lakemba to pray for the heavens to open. A fundraising campaign has also started. Organisers said it was a show of solidarity with farming communities. The entire state of New South Wales is officially in drought, as is more than half of Queensland and parts of Victoria and South Australia. Britain and the European Union have agreed to negotiate continuously on Brexit in an effort to reach a deal as the talks enter what they called a a final phase. Meeting in Brussels, the EU's negotiator Michel Barnier and Britain's Brexit secretary Dominic Raab said they were working towards a deal. Mr Barnier said it was now up to the European Union and Britain to set a course for a future unique relationship. Our challenge for the coming weeks is to try and define an ambitious partnership between the UK and the EU, a partnership that has no precedent. This partnership has to respect the single market and the foundations of the European project. And if this is well understood, we can conclude the negotiations successfully. There's no immediate sign of an end to the economic uncertainty gripping Venezuela despite the introduction of the new currency, the sovereign Bolivar. Cities remained virtually deserted across the country as people struggled to get hold of the new notes. These people were unsure of their future as the economy slides and the currency collapses. If we stop working, how are we going to eat? How are we going to survive with all this going on? A lot of my staff are missing today, but they have a very valid excuse. There are so many problems. It's very sad. If this continues, I'm going to have to leave the country and leave my daughter behind. I don't want to take her without knowing what kind of a situation I'll be heading into. The British film director Danny Boyle is quitting his work on the upcoming James Bond film due to creative differences. The 25th Bond movie had been scheduled for release late next year. Here's the BBC's Vincent Dowd. It was only in May that it was confirmed Danny Boyle would direct the next James Bond film, which will be Daniel Craig's last appearance in the role. The film, as yet untitled, was due to go into production this December, but now the official 007 website has announced Danny Boyle has left the project due to creative differences. The most recent Bond, Spectre, came out at the end of 2015, so the producers won't want to extend what's already a long gap between bonds. A powerful earthquake has shaken Venezuela's coastal region and could be felt in the Caracas, in, in, the, in the capital, Caracas, where many buildings were evacuated. The interior minister said there were no immediate reports of casualties. The U.S. Geological Survey says a 6.7 magnitude earthquake hit the Pacific island nation of Vanuatu this morning, but no tsunami warning was issued. Finance now, and the US dollar is trading at 110.41 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 15 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 12 cents. A short while ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 27,887. That's up 140 points on the previous close. Market turnover was $56.7 billion. And now with the sports, here's Richard Pine. 
We'll start with football and three matches were played this morning in the Champions League playoff round and all involved former winners. Portugal's Benfica, who were champions in 1961 and 62, were held to a 1-1 draw by PAOK Salonica in Lisbon. Red Star Belgrade, the 1991 champions, struggled to a 0-0 draw with Salzburg. And PSV Eindhoven, who won the competition in 1988, beat Bate 3-2 in Belarus. The Liverpool goalkeeper Lars Karius is on the brink of a two-year loan move to Turkish side Besiktas. The German hasn't played a competitive match for the Premier League club since his two errors helped Real Madrid win the Champions League final in May. Former Liverpool defender Stephen Warnock says his replacement at Anfield, the €72.5 million signing Alisson, has given his old side an added edge that makes them genuine title contenders. I think they're very similar to Manchester City in the the fact that they've got a goalkeeper who can start attacks now. We watched it with Edison at the weekend where he's picking out passes from Manchester City and they're they're scoring off his passes, if you like. We saw it with Alisson, is that he's so comfortable with the ball at his feet that they're pressing the centre-backs and he's he's dinking the ball over them to to the full-backs. He's he's knocking it into centre-fielders and he's starting attacks himself now. So it's a different dynamic. Liverpool that they haven't had in the past. Mino Raiola, the agent of Manchester United midfielder Paul Pogba, has hit back at Paul Scholes after the former player criticised his client's form. Ex-United midfielder Scholes said captain Pogba had a poor game in the 3-2 Premier League defeat to Brighton. The BBC's John Bennett has more. He's criticised the United legend Paul Scholes, who suggested that Pogba lacked leadership during the, the match against Brighton. He said that Paul Scholes should become sports director and advise Ed Woodward, the chief executive of Manchester United, to sell Pogba would be sleepless nights to find Pogba a new club. And he also said that Scholes wouldn't recognise a leader if he was in front of Sir Winston Churchill. So Raiola is putting Pogba back in the headlines again for the wrong reason. In cricket, India are on the verge of a huge victory against England in the third test in Nottingham. England closed on 311 for nine after a valiant effort from Joss Butler, who scored his maiden test century, and Ben Stokes. That leaves them still 210 runs short of victory, while India need just a single wicket on the final day to cut their series deficit to 2-1. Butler says that despite a difficult test, England will be taking some positives into the next match in Southampton. It just shows the the series is very much alive and, and uh, kicking. Obviously, India have come back really strongly in this uh, this game, and unfortunately, we've probably cost ourselves uh, with that the first innings batting. But yeah, we've showed a lot more character in the second innings, and, and we'll be right up for it in uh, Southampton as well. And in tennis, the teams for the second edition of the three-day Labour Cup have been announced. Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer head out the six-strong European side, captained by Bjorn Borg. Team World will be led by his former rival John McEnroe, who has Juan Martin Del Potro and Kevin Anderson among his players. The event is held in Chicago next month. And that's the latest from the Sports Desk. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The housing department comes under fire over the death yesterday of a woman killed by a falling tree branch. The government deploys a special team to Chung Chow to fight an outbreak of dengue fever. And prosecutors amend the charges against a Hong Kong teenager who's believed to have murdered his girlfriend in Taiwan. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the possessions anyone can ever have But it's all worth this treasure True worth is only measured Not by what you got, but what you got in your heart
If you bet on love, there's no way you'll ever 